They won't agree with you to go down that path. But I was so confident of what God dealt with me that I, that I concluded that I will not believe the doctor's report, but I will believe God's report. And from 2001 and 2002 onwards, I completely stopped taking the pill. And today, up till today, 2022, I've never had another seizure attack for 20 years. Because God's a healer. God is a healer. And when you think about that story and when you think about what God is able to do, you become so aware of the power of the God that we serve. I'm going to preach very simply tonight with the expectation of praying for people tonight. But how many know, beloved, that God always finishes what He begins? This is the reality of God's divine character. He never does something halfway. That's just not in His character. You have heard me say, this morning I preached a sermon on expecting the unexpected. I ministered concerning Easter. But how many know, beloved, in line with that, God makes a way where there is no way. We know that in reality, God perfects the imperfect. We also know God makes possible that which is impossible. He brings the unexpected to pass. And the story that we're going to read tonight to establish this thought is found in Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, we're going to read a few verses here. It's a familiar portion of text. We've probably read it a number of times. We've probably gone through it a number of times. In Matthew, Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 26, Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him, and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. He looked up, he said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Then he sent him away to his house. Are we on the right scripture? Okay, sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell anyone in the town. So the healing that we're reading about here tonight takes place in a town named Bethsaida. Bethsaida is a village on the northeastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. It was in fact known as the hometown of Peter, Andrew and Philip. So if you remember the story, when Jesus called these men, these fishermen, when Jesus went out there and He invited them, He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He was there with them. He invited them in. And what we find in this passage, the friends of this blind man brought him to Jesus. It is important to note, and I'll talk about it in a moment, that the blind man didn't make his way to Jesus on his own. His friends brought him to Jesus. You have to realize, beloved, that this was necessary 
Because as we ponder this passage, the friends indeed had confidence in the God of heaven and earth, or rather in Jesus as they know Him, to heal and to perform miracles. So it is important that we identify that his friends probably had more faith than he did. As they brought him, they brought, Je- they brought him to Jesus and they were expecting for Jesus to open his eyes. Their faith in God tonight served as a catalyst for this man's miracle. This is why it's vital that you invite someone to a healing service. You invite someone and bring them and say, hey, you know what? God can do a miracle in your life because your faith becomes a potential for them to experience a miracle for God, in God. Your invitation, your word of confidence, your word of trust in God, your confidence can become so potent that because of your faith, they experience the power of God in their lives. This is why you ought to invite people into church. When you meet someone on the street, when you're working with someone, you got to say, hey, come, why don't you come to church with me? Because we believe that there is power in being in the house of God. We believe that someone's life can change when they come into the presence of God. This was the confidence these people had for this blind man. They expected Jesus to perform a miracle. And you know the truth is tonight, beloved, they may have not known, nor may they have believed that Jesus was the Messiah, yet in truth, they've heard of Jesus performing miracles in the past, and you can only conclude that they desired to see this miracle firsthand. They wanted to see the miracle. They wanted to see God do something that they've never experienced or they've never seen before. They wanted to be able to see that my friend whom I took into that healing crusade, that my friend whom I took to Jesus, his eyes was open. I saw it. I saw what Jesus did. I saw that he did this miracle. And this becomes a first-hand experience, right? And as a blind man, no doubt he had his limitations. He could not have made his way to Jesus himself or even in truth of his own volition because the truth is, in his own self-will, in his own willpower, how far and how much can he actually move forward? How much can he progress? Think about it. Here's a blind man. A man who is completely out of and unable to see, have no sight at all. How much do you think he could have gotten close to Jesus? Now, listen to me carefully. He no doubt lacked sight. He lacked the ability to see. He lacked the ability to have a vision on the outside, appearance. But beloved, how many know tonight that even though when he lacked sight, this man probably also lacked faith that Jesus can perform a miracle in him. Think about it. Here's a blind man. He's been blind. We don't know whether from birth, it doesn't say. We don't know whether he was inflicted 
with a, you know, a certain type of uh, uh, blindness as he was growing into his adolescence and adulthood, we have no idea. But we know that there is no doubt a missing element and there is a lack of faith that he would even think that Jesus can do a miracle. I remember considering the story the friends bringing him and here's this man he's being prayed for and God does a miracle I remember a few years ago and some of you are familiar we went to uh, Sabah and uh, on that trip I recall there was a woman who came uh, 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 with, with someone else who she had asked for a ride she said can you take me to church tonight there is a service going on and I believe that God can heal me from my blindness and so she got into the car with her friend I think it was her neighbor and they drove two hours to the service that night they came from a distance and when they came in that night we had praise and worship just like what we had tonight they prayed they did all that was necessary and then I preached a message that night a simple message and then I asked for anyone who needed healing to come forward that night and here was this woman, she came forward, she said, Pastor, I've been blind for a number of years now, I cannot remember what was the reason for her blindness, but she says, I cannot see, I'm completely blind, and we begin to lay hands, we prayed for this woman, and I tell you, beloved, as we prayed, God began performing a miracle. I, she had her hands on her eyes, when she took her hands off, she started leaping for joy. Because she could see again. God did a miracle that night. And the point I make to you was that someone who took interest in her miracle brought her to church that night. Someone who wanted her to see a miracle became an instrument, a vehicle that God used to bring her that night and to experience the power of God. I remember even in Indonesia, we had a woman, we were praying outside the church. She was, she was not fully blind, but she had limited sight. And she said, you know, uh, uh, she believed, she's a Muslim by the way, and she believed that Jesus can do a miracle upon her body. We prayed that day. And as we laid hands on her and we prayed, a moment she took her hands off, she said she could see much better. Let me tell you tonight, beloved, God is still into doing miracles tonight. There is no denial that the blind in Jesus' hands can once again see. The deaf in Jesus' hands can once again hear. And this is what I want to draw your attention to tonight. In verses 23, He took the blind man by hand and led him out of the town. Have you wondered why that passage is there? Why didn't Jesus just lay hands on him and pray for him in Bethsaida? Why didn't Jesus just you know, say, hey, Let's pray. You know, we're talking about Jesus tonight. Jesus, the one who don't even have to lay hands, just have to speak the word. And what does the Bible say? My servant will get healed. Jesus, whom in the book of Genesis said as he spoke, all these things came into existence. 
So what are we questioning tonight? What was Jesus doing by bringing this man, leading him out of Bethsaida, taking him into a different town? Why? Why Jesus? Why would you do that? Because Jesus, as we know, obviously was leading him to a place where he could be with him alone. But more than more beyond that, one of the main factors is that speaking about it in, in context tonight, but Saida was a cursed generation. Now listen very carefully to me. In Matthew chapter 11, 21, I want you to observe what the Bible says. Woe to you, Shorazins. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. So God was upset with Bethsaida. But He was not going to stop people from performing a miracle in one man. Are you with me? He was not going to stop the unbelief, the doubt, the, uh, the nature of you know, rationalizing and saying, oh, this is not for the 21st century. This is not going to happen. Jesus is no longer powerful. Jesus is no longer capable. And maybe he was surrounded by people who were faithless and doubtful. And so Jesus in this passage takes this man to a, to a side. Some commentators believe he took him to a room. Some believe to, that they took him to a place so it was undisclosed and he took him there he spoke to this man he led him personally do you get what i'm saying here tonight there was compassion in jesus he didn't just say you know what you guys follow me you you brought him and come right yeah come hold his hand and come 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 and he walked ahead no he didn't do that he held this man's hand and he took him personally which is a powerful picture that God tonight is a God of compassion. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of loving kindness. He is a God who wants to meet with us and wants to get personal with us tonight. This is His nature. This is His character tonight. The nature of taking them out historically represented a reprimanding, rebuking, and admonishing to the city of Bethsaida. And the atmosphere tonight influences the healing. The healing that Jesus wanted to do required that He led him out of town and He got personal with this blind man. So let's talk then as we close with partial healing tonight. Because here we are tonight. I opened this session up because I wanted and I was believing and I am believing God for people who have been diagnosed with COVID to find healing in God and for those who have taken vaccine and taken the vaccine and then the side effects that have come upon them that God will begin to bring healing upon them. But this is the nature and this is Christendom today. This is what Christianity has become. Listen to what the Bible says here in verses 23. And when he had spit on his eyes, he put his, he put his hands on him. He asked him if he saw anything. Can I have verses 24? Follow, follow along with me, Isaac. Follow along with me. Verses 24, the Bible says, Isaac, uh, 24, 24. And he looked up, he said, I see men like trees. Now, this man didn't get healed. He didn't get healed. 
He was partially healed. He didn't see clearly. He only saw men that were like trees. So Jesus actually prayed for him, but this man didn't get completely healed. I want you to catch that. This is very, very important, beloved. He didn't get completely healed. That's why later we'll talk about, Jesus says, what does Jesus say here in verses 25? Then he put his hands on his eyes again. So I want you to catch this tonight. Because this is exactly the spirit we need to cut off tonight and accept. That, oh, my condition is going to be like that for life. See, Jesus didn't accept his condition even after he had prayed for him and he says, yes, I see, but I see men walking like trees. Jesus didn't accept that as healing. He said, no, it's not over yet. We're not going to make that acceptable. Are you with me tonight? We're not going to make that uh, approvable. It is, it is not right. You must encounter complete and full wholeness. This is the redemption of the God that we serve. So he prayed for this man and upon checking there was a difference in his sight but he was not fully, in, fully restored. And there's a connection tonight. A connection between human faith and divine power. There is a need for us to realize that faith is what moves God but divine power is what needs to come down and bring complete healing tonight. And that healing requires your faith and my faith. But at the same time, beloved, there are times the wonder why Jesus had to take him out of town. Why did Jesus take Peter, James and John with him to pray and not the rest of the other disciples? Because when you have an environment of faith, God can move in the supernatural. Listen carefully to me. It is, in, it is necessary that we identify here, maybe as Jesus took him out from the crowd, there were people who had unbelief, there were people who had doubt, there were people who had, you know, the nature of doubting that, you know what, God can do a miracle. He removed him, but Jesus had to deal with one more person who had not enough faith, the man himself. So Jesus kind of gave him a, a glimpse. Look, Look at the difference. When I pray for you, look at what happens. He had to touch this man. He had to meet with this man personally in order to increase and to elevate faith in his life. There are times we pray to God for healing and God doesn't heal. There are times God just doesn't heal and you wonder why. But God in the process of that brings strength. God in the process of that equips. God in the process of that helps us to press on even with our current condition. God doesn't want us to dwell in self-pity. God doesn't want us to wallow in self-pity. Woe is me. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 7 to 10, I want you to observe the life of Paul here. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. So to keep him humble, God allowed him to have the thorn in the flesh. And it went on to say, concerning this thing, the thorn of the flesh, he's talking about the thorn of the flesh. What did he say? Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So God didn't heal Paul. By the way, the thorn in the flesh that Paul is talking about was a physical uh, 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 infirmity it wasn't something that he was battling mentally it was physical and as we consider the context of this there is an un there is an undeniable reality tonight that god wants to heal us that god is a healer and when god heals us he heals us completely and makes us whole but at the same time as we read in this passage god was looking for something else in this man before he brought complete wholeness and healing and that can be true with us that can be true with us it can be that god at times will give you strength maybe there are times god will equip you with influence and ability to encourage somebody else when you are going through pain when you are going through the agony when you're going through the the physical and the health battles god may use that to encourage somebody else but that doesn't mean that god has partially healed you because God doesn't just heal your body, He heals your mind and He heals your heart. And so tonight, I remember I was um, praying for a man uh, and some of you remember the story, he came to church and uh, after a couple of years, this man had a stroke. And uh, after the stroke, after he had this encounter of the stroke, one of the things that was evident is he lost his ability to speak. And uh, um, he came on a Tuesday night, I, I remember, and, and um, he was sitting there and we prayed for him and we began to believe God for a miracle. The next day, this man calls me and on the phone he says, Pastor, I can talk. He, uh, the, uh, post-stroke, he's never been able to speak, but God restored this man. God did a miracle upon his life. God did what God only can do tonight. No medical officers, no practitioners, no doctors, no one who's qualified enough can cause a blind man to see. Let me tell you tonight, beloved, you can have all the best doctorates and the best certificates you want, but the only one who can open blind eyes is Jesus Christ. So let's talk about complete healing. Because partial healing, as we said, 
is found in this passage, but Jesus never stopped there. In verses 25, He put His hands on His eyes again and made Him look up. And He was restored and He saw everyone clearly. So here we find the powerful depiction of the God whom we serve. His compassion and mercy never leaves us to be partially done. He wants to complete what He has begun. And this is what we see with the blind man, beloved, tonight. The man would have thought as he was prayed on, you know what the man would have thought? What most Christians think today in our culture. We are so easily, uh, 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 um, you know, uh, uh, we accept our condition, we adapt to our condition. We say, it's okay, this is how my life is going to be. I'm not going to believe for God to do a miracle anymore. You know what? This is my portion. This is how it is. And this is exactly what this man that we find in this passage could have done. As soon as Jesus prayed, he could have just turned to Jesus and said, Hey, look, Jesus, slight improvement is better than no improvement. I can see at least a little bit. I'll manage with now and I'll be fine. Let me go. But he didn't do that. In fact, this man didn't want to let it go. Jesus said he began to spit and he began to place his hands again on his eyes and prayed for this man. And this time upon praying, God completely restored his sight. Observe what happens here. He saw everyone clearly. Uh, verses 25. He saw everyone clearly. 2020. Vision. The ability to see again. This is God's purpose tonight. It is indeed God's purpose that you and I would experience the supernatural miracle of God in this place. And can I tell you, beloved, there is no questions tonight if God can. Because the real truth tonight is simply this, God is able. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. Another translation says, another, another translation says, the initiator and the perfecter of our faith. The one who began our faith is going to be faithful to complete what he began. And this is the power of God. He perfects what he has initiated tonight. And that is your portion, that is my portion tonight. We can receive healing, not partially and not half-heartedly or not halfway through, but we can receive healing completely, wholly, if only we go to God and we ask God to heal us tonight. Jeremiah 32, 17, Our Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Nothing too hard for you. Jeremiah 17, 14, And heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my priest. Heal me, 
and I shall be healed. Heal me and I shall be. You have the final say tonight. If you say I'm healed, I am healed. If you say that I am completely restored, I am completely restored. Your word is final. And I declare to you tonight that this is the profound power and the revelation of the living God tonight. Deuteronomy 7 verses 15, the Bible says, And the Lord will take away from you all sickness, and will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt which you have known, but would lay on them all, those who hate you. God will not give you the diseases that are upon the Egyptians. It's a promise. We fall sick. We do get ill. But God is still the healer. And whatever God may see fit tonight, my challenge to you is that you will respond with faith and say, God, if this thorn in my flesh is the thorn in my flesh, then give me the strength to carry forward. But God, if you would heal me, I don't want to live like this. I want to be completely healed and restored. And as we read in our passage, you may have gone and maybe you have, you know, somehow been um, diagnosed with COVID somewhere in the past. Or maybe you've gone and taken the vaccine and then there are side effects that you're dealing with even until today. Uh, breathing difficulties, uh, sleeplessness, uh, insomnia. You might be battling with depression. You might be battling with, uh, uh, you know, just different things that you're dealing with. Extreme tiredness, fatigue, uh, pain in your body. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, the list can go on and on. But these things you can attribute came after the vaccine or after, the, after being diagnosed or after being inf uh, infected with COVID, can I tell you, beloved, it is not God's portion for you to just live life and look at trees like men walking. It is God's portion for you to be completely healed. Not to live your life and say, oh, this is how it is. Never mind, Jesus. I prayed. I have to live with this. It is not your portion tonight. God is a healer and God wants to heal. They say that some of the common uh, long uh, COVID symptoms include extreme tiredness, shortness of breath, chest pain, problems with memory, <laughs> difficulty sleeping, heart palpitations, dizziness, you feel pins and needles, joint pain, Depression, anxiety, ear aches, feeling sick, diarrhea, stomach ache, loss of appetite, cough, headache, sore throat, changes to smell or taste, rashes. These are just the basic. But you can attribute that after I've taken it, I I'll tell you tonight, I have nothing. My wife and I, 
um, I, you know, in the early stages, we went and take it and we said, you know what, can you feel the tiredness? And eventually, one week, two weeks went by and we just broke it because we chose not to accept the condition. We said, this is not right. It is not God. I was just talking to the barber the other day and he was telling me, I still feel it, you know, I, you know, he's taken the vaccine for the past how many months now? I still feel that, I still deal with that. Uh, and, and you know, the thing is that uh, only Jesus can restore you. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to live bound like, oh, my life is like, you know, I, I cannot, you know, I cannot breathe, I can, I've got shortness. Come on, come on, come on, church. Jesus is a healer. And you have to receive that healing tonight. Obviously, if you're eating too much of burgers and drinking too much of soda and too much of carbs and, and then, then you have a health problem, uh, you really need to control your diet. That's a completely different sermon altogether. But we're talking about you being infected by this and then after you've been infected, you come out of it and there are symptoms that follow you today. Can I tell you, the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years, Jesus says, enough is enough. You're not going to accept your condition like this. She went from one doctor to another doctor. Today, today, today in our culture, one vitamin to another vitamin. Do you know they already said that they want the 60-year-old and above to take their second booster? They already planned it and, and I can tell you why. I'll tell you why tonight. Because they ordered so much of vaccine for the kids and no kids want to take the vaccine. They have a surplus of vaccines now. They want to clear it off and that's the only reason they are pushing it over the 60 years old and above. So let me ask you tonight. Have you accepted and said, oh, this is how it is? Or can God bring healing tonight? I want you to bow your heads as we conclude tonight. We're going to pray.